That's right, you geeks. Welcome into the Echo Screen, the official podcast of the Clan of the Gray Wolf. As always, I am your host, the Commodore, and with me here at mm, four minutes after nine is Rue. Not bad. How you feeling at, at at four minutes after nine, Rue? I'm pretty good. We would have started at three at nine, except I had to. I rubbed my eye and then had to put some drops in it. So you sprayed uh, harsh chemicals into your uh, eyeballs. I put an astringent in my eyeball and it felt good. Good. I don't know if I use that word correctly. I don't either, but I'm just going to roll with it. <laughs> um, anyway, well, I'm glad you can see and that your eyes aren't all red and Me. puffy. My other color, a little bit. That's fine. I'll yeah. roll with it. Not, if for other reasons than that, you're just tired. Yep, it's uh-huh. the X. So we are here, and we are here in, in a way that we hope will be delivered to you technical glitch free tonight. <laughs> uh, beginning as close to nine o'clock as we possibly could, which turns out to be four minutes. And why are we technical gl- glitch free tonight, Commodore? Well, we are technically we are technical glitch free tonight because not only have I solved my network issues, which I had done for last time, I have now solved my desktop comp- local computing issue because I have yet again gone back from Windows Ten <laughs> the saga to of, Windows Seven, the saga of Windows Ten. <laughs> I could write which everyone loves hearing about. At this point. Now listen, I have to say, I have to tell you something. So I know this this could be a, a part of the news and notes, but I have to, I have to give credit to Microsoft where it's where credit is due. Okay, can I do this first? Yeah, why not? So Microsoft, I had a very very nice representative for Microsoft who uh, stayed on the computer and on the phone with me for probably three hours, trying to for free, trying to solve whatever was wrong with Windows 10 on my computer, okay? And masterful job, did a great job. Considering the thing would crash every 10 minutes, I have to give her major props for staying on the line. But after those three hours and after finding no resolution, um, I'm back on Windows 7, which is why you're seeing us technical glitch free, Uh, at which point my wife turned to me and said, the following, which is which is why I love my wife, because sometimes she says these kinds of plain common sense things. She says, why don't you just buy another one? <laughs> I guess I can't argue with that. Nope. You got, I guess I can't you got the green light to buy what you want. That's but it. I'm not going to because why, I don't need another PC. The Windows 7, to 7 PC works just fine, as we'll find out tonight. Anyway, this is uh, the show is not the Windows 10 saga of the Commodore. It actually ends up being uh, something hopefully more useful to your everyday lives uh, or less useful, depending on how you look at it. But we're going to talk tonight about science fiction TV, mm-hmm. very near and dear to both of our hearts and something that I think uh, people can enjoy out there. Yeah, or not. You know, one of those. Or not. Mm-hmm. But before that. We got some news and notes that we have not we got touched upon lately. So you know, Wait, what we, do you what do you want to go with first there? Yeah. So let's 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 start the news and notes. I, you know, <clears throat> this is the uh, the first thing I thought of with the news and notes this week. Um, I have so one of the things that I thought was was pretty interesting that we needed to talk about was seeing uh, some of the initial footage in uh, of Final Fantasy VII the remake. Yes, which everyone cares more about right now than any other Final Fantasy game. It's the, yes. the super long way to remake. Yeah, uh, I gotta for, say... Like Final Fantasy 22, I don't care. So, so the, I don't <laughs> want to see the remake of Final Fantasy 7. So the, I, I will say 
that although Square announcing that uh, Dragon Quest Seven for the 3DS will be coming out in America did get me very excited actually, because mm-hmm. um, that's one hole in my in my mind there for uh, there is a hole in your mind. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> uh, uh, what was I talking about? Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Star Wars. No. Final Fantasy yeah, Seven. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> so, about Star Wars 7. Final Fantasy 7. Okay. Oh, Final Fantasy 7. Okay. It, it yeah, looks... Right, right. So the game looks good, but I got to say the more I... I, 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 I might be being an old curmudgeon because I think I'm allowed to legally and I'm past that yeah. age. Yeah. But the more I hear about this game, the less excited I get. Why is that? Uh, for a few... Well, okay. First off, it's not... The, the, um, the battle mechanics are being messed with. Uh, well, yes, they're being messed they with. That's, that's a, yeah. You don't know what they are yet, but they're definitely being messed I with. I know. That's the weird thing is that they still haven't set it up. But uh, uh, but uh, Tetsuya Nomura, who's one of the main developers of the game, is basically saying they're trying they're, – they're, they're, they're figuring it out. You know, He wants to make it close to that of the Dissidia Final Fantasy series, which would really make it more action-y than anything, mm-hmm. like an mm-hmm. action-y RPG. I don't know. I might be going a little bit too blah on this, but it'll probably be fine. Yeah. Uh, it's just going to be different. And, you know, I fear change. So, Will it be the definitive version of Final Fantasy VII? Uh, I don't know. I think it's going to be... Too a, early to tell. I think it's going it's, to... The thing is, this is interesting. The, the official name of it is Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yes. And I think that is accurate. It's not just an upgrade. They are remaking the game. Uh, I'm sure it will have the same, you know, plot elements, the same plot points. They'll hit the major themes, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, it seems more like they're actually trying to do something a little bit different, which in the end might actually be more interesting, unless they fall flat on their face. Um, But some other interesting tidbits about it is that it's going to use the Unreal 4 engine, supposedly, Mm -hmm. uh, which is nice, interesting. Like I said, the game looks good. Uh, Less interestingly, it's going to be released in episodes, Mm-hmm. Which are supposed to be the length of a full game each, but I don't know how I feel about that. I don't like, I don't, I don't know if I like the idea of episodic gaming. Uh, I, I'm, still, I'm VII, still undecided on that in general, frankly. Yeah, I mean, Final Fantasy VII is uh, is told in acts. It has distinctive acts. It really does. It's like a play. Well, right? yeah, and it was three um, discs. Yeah, so I I could see that happening. I'm not necessarily saying that that's great that, you know, I'm going to have to buy three different games in order to play what, you know, you could you could pick up for 10 bucks at any store right now to play on the original PlayStation. Oh, yeah. I don't uh, know. Although, inter- okay, so that's another side bit of news here is that uh, I think it's I think it just did get released on the PlayStation Network Final Fantasy seven mm. and it has a noob mode. <clears throat> have you heard about this? Uh, uh, a noob mode. I have not heard about that. Basically, no. you can you can change the certain things on the uh, before you, you know on the on the main screen of the title screen of the game, th- and basically do things like give yourself infinite health. Wow. Um, you can. You mean oh, a cheat mode? A cheat mode. Yeah. Noob okay. Mode. Yeah. I, I'm speaking well, like a noob the, mode would be like I'm you speaking know, like the like, kids nowadays. Damn it. Well, I thought if you had like a noob mode, it would be like radical dreamers. You just kind of push a button and it would tell the story to you. Are you done? Are you done? No. Okay. Sorry. Actually, it's pretty much like that. Uh, you can you can get infinite health, which is good for battles, or you can avoid yeah. battles altogether. Yeah. There you go. Or yeah, it's just like I don't know. I I I, eh, I mean, whatever. They give you the option, 
Um, Options are good. Which, I mean, you can play the game as it was originally, so I can't complain that much. It's just, eh, whatever. This goes back to the conversation we've had many times about watching people play games. And I know that Let's Plays, are, for example, are super popular right now, but <clears throat> that's something I... If, if you're going to be playing Final Fantasy VII and you're avoiding all the battles and, and, super, and super health and all this other stuff... It, you're pretty much just watching the cutscenes at that point, <laughs> right? That's so, true. which you can just do on YouTube for free, exactly. So, um, but some people. What do you think about the voice it. acting? Uh, what about it? I, mean, I was asking what you thought about it. I actually, well, I, I'd say well. of most of most kind of remakes or, or those kinds of you know those kinds of things. Um, I, I wasn't really caught up in the voice acting. I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was fine. It certainly didn't detract. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm not that big of a nitpicker about voice acting in games. Mm. Some like some people really talk about how Final Fantasy X was had atrocious voice acting, blah 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 blah. And I'm like, actually, I thought it was fine. I mean, there were some stupid lines of dialogue, but I thought the acting itself was actually pretty good. So, Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't come away with any strong opinions about it either way, which I guess is either normal for me or. Or, but that's or, a, or a good thing. Sign. I think that's a good thing. It did, didn't yeah. take away, right? I mean, I think there's, you know, there's always, you know, the, those folks that are purists that, that would say that, you know, the best way to play some of these games is actually to read it and hear it in your own mind. But I think that's probably pretty short-sighted. Ah, man, um, I wouldn't say that. Yeah, and I, and I think, you know, I mean, there are definitely some some great examples of really bad voice acting in games but this doesn't look to have that i think they're they're doing it right no most a, of that's from like late 90s i, I would yeah because because people thought you just put anybody into a game and oh what kind of talent do you need for voice acting? well they pretty much just grab like the localizers or something from the back that's what nintendo did for a while yeah so. go go say this um all right so that's that one we, we took a little longer than i thought on that one now you you do one uh psychonauts 2 is yes. uh, announced by uh, Double Fine and yes. Tim Schafer, and they are going the route of crowdfunding again, basically, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, with some weird twists, like you can actually not just crowdfund the project, but also uh, invest and get a return on your investment in theory and stuff like that. Yep. Uh, it's interesting, um, and this brought up an interesting thread <clears throat> on Reddit the other day. Uh, asking why, basically asking why doesn't, you know, like Double Fine and Tim Schafer have a lot of clout. Why don't they, they, they can't get anyone, they can't get any game studio to develop, to uh, uh, produce this for it them. It actually sounds like they can't, to be honest. And, and there was some interesting conversations in that, in that thread, basically saying like, no, actually, uh, Double Fine, looking at what happened with Broken Age, Mm. Uh, or the, you know the double fine adventure. Yeah, double fine adventure. Yeah. After that whole thing, where they basically got way more than they first asked for, and then were only able to produce half a game, and then had to ask right. again for more money. Yeah, right. there was some interest. There was like someone using a throwaway in the thread who used to work at LucasArts, basically saying Tim Schafer is a is a really creative guy, but he kind of sucks at leading a team. In yep. that he way underestima- <clears throat> underestimates the money and time that goes into making a game. Yeah. Uh, and and even Notch dropped into the thread because famously a few years ago, Notch of Minecraft fame um, 
mentioned, like randomly tweeted, I, I, hey, Tim Schafer, I'll yeah. give you a million dollars or so to make Let, it. Let's make Psychonauts let's, 2 let's, happen. Let's make and it happen. The tweet. Yeah. And after one conversation, he backed out and said, ah, never mind. There's more yeah. involved in this than I expected. And this is Notch, by the way. The, the guy that, that could sit in a project and do nothing for the longest time ever. Yeah. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, like for him to go into a business meeting and be like, oh, I don't know. That doesn't sound all that good. Um, I, I would imagine that's that's got to had to be pretty bad. But uh, so I, I mean, I uh, looking at the track record, I am not I am not going to be contributing to the Psychonauts two uh, uh, fundraising, uh, and I'm not expecting much out of it. I I yeah. played, but 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 overall, how do you feel about like? Did you play Psychonauts? So I played Psychonauts thanks in part to a gift I was given by one of our wonderful fans, Sonic Rose, who oh, actually okay. gifted it to me over Steam. Ah, oh, that's nice. So, yeah, so I have played Psychonauts, although I haven't finished it. But, um, oh, man, I, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a classic, wonderful game. It really is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and no, I, it I is. I would love to see something more like that or something that's a little more updated um, in that kind of vein. Yeah. Uh, but but I, you know, Tim Schafer for me is is kind of, you know, the, the, you and I always had kind of the, the conversations about um, Peter Molyneux. Oh, God. In that, you know, you have somebody that basically oh, c- perpetually in his career after some ign- some initial success, perpetually over promises <laughs> and under delivers. Yes. Tim Schafer reminds me of that. Right. Yeah. He's I think a, I, I, I think yeah. someone in that Reddit thread, Reddit thread said, Tim Schafer's like the Paul, Peter Molyneux of the game industry. And someone's like, yeah. don't you mean, wouldn't Peter Molyneux <laughs> be the Paul, Peter Molyneux. Molyneux of the game industry? He is. Like, um, anyway. Yeah, maybe maybe the Peter Molyneux, the crowdfunded era, right? Because yeah. if Peter Molyneux was crowdfunding, right? It would probably be the same thing. It, to me, it seems like the, there's some similarities there. Where there is, you know, uh, a lot of promises, a lot of hullabahoo around. Here's what we're going to do, and here's how great things are going to be, and then it just kind of never pans out that way. Aren't the um, hullabahoo's the uh, acapella group at the University of Virginia? You know, maybe. I think that got snuck in your mind there. It did. It did. <laughs> I, I, um, I don't know why. I don't know why that is. Like I, for the longest time growing up, I thought that chicken nuggets were actually chicken McNuggets. Oh yeah. That's just because good I thought that's what it was. I thought I thought they were chicken McNuggets. Well, that's so that stuck in my head. Let's be real. Aren't all chicken nuggets really just chicken McNuggets? Chicken McNuggets. Absolutely. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. I, enjoy, I enjoyed Psychonauts. I thought that the platforming wasn't the best, but the writing was very clever. And I liked yes. the ideas behind a lot of the gameplay. I agree. And and the platforming was still OK. I mean, it, it wasn't terrible. I, I, it was not. I played much worse. Let's put it that way. Yes. That's true. All right, uh, let's let's round out real quick. Um, this will be our last our last uh, Echo Screen Live of 2015, which means we are not going to have an episode right after Star Wars Episode Seven comes out. Ah, uh, yes. So Episode Seven. So, and so even if even if we were to have the show in two weeks, would you have seen Star Wars by that yes. point? Okay. Yeah. How? Because I'm Did going you pre-order to pre-order your tickets. Uh, our 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 buddy, our mutual game gaming buddy, uh, got a bunch of tickets for all of us to go see it at the uh, 3D IMAX downtown. Nice at the Kids okay. Museum so, of all places. 
Okay, good. So there, so you you have a locked in spot, which is great. Yes. I don't think I will be seeing this movie until roughly March. Seriously? I don't know how many, I, <laughs> how am I going to see it? I, there's no, you know, the theaters are all going to be completely sold out. Oh no, so, that that is, they will not be sold out. You can, you okay. will be able to go into the theater the Wednesday after. And, you, and oh, go watch. I think you are underestimating this movie. No, no, it's going to so be on do you so mean, many do you mean screens. If I took the day off of work and I just went somewhere and to see the movie, like oh, well, you could do that. You could do that. Like, like skip work just to watch Star Wars. Why not? I think that'd be Possibly. allowed. Possible. You cannot go till March. You're any any sort of spoil. You're going to be spoiled on everything if you go more than you're. you're, I'm, t- you're I'm just telling you're tempting you, fate. I think this movie's now. Listen, I also don't know if this movie's any good. It might be terrible. True. Yeah. But, uh, uh, so if the movie's terrible, then I think you're probably right. Wednesday, I don't think it'll be terrible. Go see it. Um, George Lucas seemed to like it. I mean, do you know? Like, I mean, you know, I, I don't know, man. I, I think for me, I, I'm gonna, I'm going to try to see it as quickly as possible. I guess. I just feel like it's going to be more successful than than probably. I mean, if you look at some of the Disney forecasts on this movie, it is unbelievable. I mean, they expect no, they expel, they expect like Avatar level numbers out of this movie, and I think they might get it. Yeah, um, but the marketing push has been crazy. Oh God, it's been the, the tie-ins, the, the the blitzes. It's just been horrible. I think I was ta- I was talking with someone at work about this. I said, you know. It's not reaching episode one levels of marketing craziness, like where episode one just seemed to be everywhere. Yeah. And there's a know. lot, there's it's, a lot here, close. but episode one, it was just like ridiculous because Star Wars was this pure, awesome, amazing, you know, uh, trilogy that right. didn't have any sort of garbage on it like it does now from the, tri- from the prequels. Um, yes. I, I think there's some cautious optimism out there in the in the community the, at large uh, dealing with episode seven. A lot of people are thinking it's probably going to be good, but we're not yeah. going to we're not going to just take it on gospel. This is going to be good like we did with episode one, you know. Right. So anyway. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I think I think the marketing machine is running pretty hard and I think it's probably running just as hard as it ever was. But. To a certain extent, right? You know, this is this is the Star Wars series for an entirely new generation. Mm-hmm. Uh, the same way that that the prequels were Star Wars for an entirely new generation. It was and for get our used generation. to it. Do what? It was Star Wars for our generation. Was yeah. it really though? Yippee! Eh, I don't really think it was. Yeah, it was. No, I mean when when Star Wars came out, you and I were seventeen. That's not Star Wars. Is that that's Star Wars our generation? Gen- yes. I don't know. I I, I, but I think we literally been... grew up with the prequel trilogy. Maybe because Except we, it. we hated it so much. But I don't yeah. know. I I remember being mostly confused coming out of that first movie. The first like, movie was not what bothered me. It I was think the, I liked it. I don't the, know. Yeah. Uh, well, I was anyway, t- I was trying to convince myself. We, we we were all doing that. I think by the by the time the second movie came out, I was like, "Why am I watching this? This is really not good." The second movie for me was was the worst of all of them, and I just mm. nah, it was better than the first. Oh, see, I, I I don't think that we've had this conversation many times. The people are bored. Um. So anyway, I hope to see Star Wars by the time 
we would have a second program here, but I just don't think that's going to happen. Uh, <clears throat> I got to go find a 3D IMAX or something. Around you do. Here. You do. Techie yeah. brings up an interesting point, though, which I had thought about, which is it's kind of unfair to compare episode seven and episode one marketing because episode one marketing was in a different time. Mm -hmm. uh, it was I mean, I remember seeing so many commercials on TV. Oh, yeah. And I don't and I don't Taco have, Bell cups. Taco Bell cups. I don't have I don't have uh, uh, cable anymore, so I don't. I can avoid oh, yeah. it somewhat. It's I'm just it's you. just a different world. You're going to see a lot more social media type stuff, you know. I mean, look, I the Hunger Games, right? Launched alongside of a Dodge commercial, okay? So they show a scene from the Hunger Games and then like there's like a bunch of Dodge cars driving through the road in this like post-apocalyptic world of Hunger Games. And they like it was it's so nonsensical and I went, "Oh my god, this is so stupid. It's such a shameless plug-in." Like two weeks later, Star Wars, Dodge Cars, mm -hmm. Star Wars, Dodge Cars. And I went, what the hell is going on here? Like, well, that doesn't even make sense. It's an interesting world we live in. I mean, we it, within the span of like a week or two, we had two major movie trailers debut on Jimmy Kimmel and then go on YouTube. That's yeah. that's interesting. So so yeah. I know we got to get to the actual topic, but so those those two I'm speaking of are the new Captain America and then uh, mm -hmm. Spider uh, uh, Superman versus uh, Batman. Batman. The new yeah. the new trailer. Did you see either of those? Uh, yes. Trailers. Oh, the Batman Batman versus Superman. Yes. Okay. Um, Quick, give me your thoughts. Give me your give me your hot take. Hot take. <laughs> I don't have a hot take. I've I've <laughs> never been excited about this movie. <laughs> Can I say that? That's, that's a lukewarm so, take. No, it's not even a lukewarm take. I just. I don't feel I am one of those people that is probably just going to I mean, I, I'm probably not going to see this film in the theater. OK, no, I, I'm the same way. I'll probably I'm sure I'll see it, but I don't think I'm going to see it in the theater. Yeah, I'll, I'll see it much, much later on. This this does not smack to me of the same kind of Christopher Nolan Batman ilk, which mm. I was very excited to see and, and very much wanted to see in the theater and was excited about Th this movie to me just looks kind of. It's it's it is very dark, like the Christopher Nolan series. Clearly, you see that from the new trailers. Very very dark. But it just looks to me like a premise that doesn't have much merit, and I can't get beyond that. Uh, they're doing an interesting thing versus the Marvel universe, where Marvel introduces, uh, for the most part, um, heroes, superheroes <clears throat> in their own yeah. movie, and then they eventually bring them together. And now it yeah. seems more like here's every superhero in one movie. And then yeah. we'll 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 do the individual stuff later. Whatever. Right, right, right. right. You know. Yeah. Uh, well, the, the Marvel's also making money. DC is struggling to figure out their identity moving forward in movies. They they would like their identity to be that of a company that makes money. Right. Anyway, all right. Yeah. Stuff. All right, stuff. So, uh, folks, we should probably mention as we end the news and notes part of the program. We're going to move on to the topic du jour, which is the second part of the program, for those of you that had never seen it before, where we will talk about today's topic, which happens to be the state of sci-fi television. We'll talk about that. Then we're going to move to the third portion of the program, for those of you that would like to ask us questions. This is the question-answer portion of the program. If you have any questions, and many of you already do, because I see them stacking up because you're veterans of the program, you know exactly where to go. But if you'd like to ask us a question that we answer live on the air, all you have to do, if you're following along with us in the chat room, just click on my name, Commodore128, send me a private message, because that's the way I like them. And I'll pick out uh, your questions there at the end, or you can tweet at It's the Commodore. If I like your question, I'll ask it. We'll answer it live. All right. Let's move <clears throat> on to the topic du jour. Even now, if we don't. Ruski. Like Ruski. 
Ruski? If I'm oh. the Kami, you have to be Ruski. Right? <sighs> um, get it? You see what I did the, there? The Kami and Ruski. We yeah, will crush it. the proletariat. His new program. Um, Wait, are we crushing the proletariat or are we crushing the bourgeoisie? I do not remember. <laughs> Ruski and Kami, this Saturday. Skype hour. Um, on so, Prov.tv. So you wanted to talk about sci-fi TV, and I know about? this is near and dear to your heart, so I'm going to let you jump into why. Just go. Are we talking about sci-fi? Okay, so I was thinking about this. We mentioned this previously, but uh, my mind was uh, a la jog. I don't think that's a word. Over the announcement of a new Star Trek series coming out early 2017. Yes. On a combination Although, of... Hmm? Oh, sorry. Uh, I, I Did you hear this week that uh, Les Moonves has said that they have, they, have, they have nixed their plans for like a CBS app? That's separate because of what's going on with uh, with like independent TV what? studios. Uh, anyway, all right, whatever. Keep going. Just, is this really? Is I, it, I, I, no. I'm telling you, it's a serious thing. I read it today. Uh, apparently, CBS is is has kind of nixed their plans to do the whole um, you know HBO Go thing, but with CBS. But I don't know how that's going to affect Star Trek. So just keep going. Just keep going. Okay, I mean, and that's that that is an interesting point because um, anyway, well, we're getting in the weeds already, but I know, I know, I know, I know. <clears throat> so, Sorry. so Star Trek's coming out for some com- combination of of CBS and also the CBS All Access uh, streaming option. Um, I think CBS has reserved the right to change exactly how they're going to distribute this series. They might yes. actually still go all all on broadcast TV, but regardless, the point is, is that um, the point is they're making a new Star Trek series. They are. That is the new. That is the point. Exactly. And it got me thinking. When it's been a while since we've had Star Trek, and that got me thinking. Yes. Man, it's been a while since we've had Star or uh, Sci-Fi on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, the last. I, well, we t- we discussed in an earlier ver- before we went live with Echo Screen, and we had just regular podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, we had discussed the sci-fi to Sifi name change. The sci-fi yes. channel becoming SYFY. S-Y-F-Y. And what yeah. that boded for the future of the channel, why they yeah. did it, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Um, and at the time, Sifi had said, ah, now we still love sci-fi programming. We're totally going to be doing sci-fi programming. That's our bread and butter. And since then, they've had like no sci-fi programming. Um like the one one of the few shows they have i think dominion is actually going to be canceled now mm-hmm. um anyway so all that to say is that i i mean you look at the history okay at least in american science fiction you 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 know there are examples of british science fiction shows coming over here most famously doctor who although i would call Never. that I would call that more science fantasy. We've discussed this before. I think that's Ugh. more science fantasy than science fiction. There's not really I would, much. I would call it hokey crap. You're anyway, ho- keep going. You're a hokey crap. Isn't hokey crap I- the name of the Virginia Tech acapella group? <laughs> I have all the acapella groups in my head. Too. That's great. Anyway, um, and also Red Dwarf, which I've never gotten into. And that's that's more like a classic, classic British crazy wacky comedy show wrapped thinly in sci-fi. So I wouldn't count either of those. So so we're talking about American science fiction on television here. And there was What about The Prisoner? That was British. It's British, but it, it but and it's 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 sci-fi. 
that I would call it sci-fi, but that was in the yeah. '60s. That's not recent. Yeah, but that's good. And th- they tried to remake that a few years yeah. ago on like A and E, and that well, did very poorly. Uh, right. Okay, I, I see what you're saying. So I, I was trying to name examples of of stuff that that isn't hokey crap, like Doctor Who, oh, like oh, The Prisoner, yeah. which is really good and <clears throat> and continues in many ways to. It's only on for like one season, but. But but it's but it it's still very much in the popular vernacular because of the threads that it created in sci-fi television. Anyway, keep going. My my point being is that uh, if you look at science fiction in the past, I'll say science fiction on TV has kind of died a a a quiet death over the past decade or so. Um, I mean. Y- well, y- or, or five to ten years. I'll put it that way. You had about ten years ago on TV, you had Star Trek Enterprise. You had Battlestar Galactica, which many mm-hmm. considered the best science fiction or one of the best science fiction shows ever. Uh, you had like three Stargate or two Stargate programs. Uh, you had, you know, it, science fiction was doing pretty well. Um, yeah. And that was a, an offshoot from like a, a renaissance of science fiction in the 90s where you yes. had... You know, all sorts of Star Trek shows. You had the beginning of Stargate. You had um, things like Babylon 5 and a lot of the mm. lower rent science fiction like Andromeda and, and Andromeda. stuff like that. <laughs> Gene you, Roddenberry's. Yeah, yeah exactly. Or, or Cleopatra 2525. Was that it? <laughs> anyway. Man, we're reaching now. We are. But there was a lot of it. And now it's like really difficult to, to point and, and And people in the chat, please like throw stuff at me. It's really difficult to point and say, "Oh yeah, this is a science fiction show on TV. This yeah. is a science fiction on TV show on TV." Sure. I, I actually, I, I just, just out of curiosity, I, I googled sci-fi TV to see yes. what what Google gave me. Yes. Um. Here, here's here's a, a smattering. Doctor Who, which, like I said, is more yep. science science fantasy. Battle yep. Battlestar, Stargate SG One, X Files, Star Trek Next Generation, Firefly, Star Trek Fringe. Farscape, um, Fringe, Farscape. That's another one of those '90s reaches. Yeah, I, uh, Stargate Universe, uh, Continuum, which I think Continuum. Just ended. Okay, actually, I, actually, no, I think that's still going on. That I hear I is pretty was... interesting, and I, w- I was looking at that last night. But anyway, so yep. there's one, co- there's one, co- you know, recent show. Out of all this, yes. I, I can keep going down the list, but it's mostly stuff that's long gone and mostly stuff from the 90s or early 2000s. Right. So, yeah, all that to say is that uh, there's there's a dearth of sci-fi on television right now. I put forth the question, why do we think that is? And, and B, is that going to change? You go now. Um. Yeah, so I, I think... I think it is going to change. No, you um, answered B first, you bastard. Uh, but A, A, I, th- I, I really think. And remember, you know, you, you did, you did pose this as an American sci-fi question, even though, right? We're we're really talking about, by and large, a lot of kind of larger movements of, of science fiction globally. Um, you know, like, uh, uh, well, anyway, I'm not going to get into examples, but anyway, so. I think that this has everything to do with 9-11. Now, let me, let me explain why. And, and, uh, listen, All right, Rudy laugh- Giuliani. No, I mean, look, this, this, is, this, is a, this is a valid point. So 
9-11 in many ways, I don't, don't need to get into what, what it was, but I think we can get into what it meant, right? The reason Battlestar Galactica after 9-11, I think by and large, is so popular is because you take kind of a lot of the great science fiction elements from a Star Trek, Ron, Ron Moore, mm -hmm. and you mix it in with kind of more of a gritty militaristic realism of a world that's not defined by black and white, right? Okay. It is, it's, this is, it's not a moralistic tale. It's not a, you know, it's not, um, this is not a, a fantasy fable. Um, it is kind of a gritty, difficult world where no one's really safe and everyone is kind of constantly looking over their shoulder. That's, that's Battlestar Galactica in a nutshell, if, you, if you're going to tell the story, right? Yeah. Just the themes. That's also the board game. It, it absolutely is, even though that's completely irrelevant to the conversation. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Um, I just had now, the board game on my mind. Now, now let's look at, at, at before 2001, right, where you had every single show you just mentioned. It's all hopelessly idealistic. I mean, if, watching Next Generation now is still great. It's still a great show. But if you're anything like me, when you watch that show now, you say, wow, what a horrific relic of the 90s. Because everything is optimistic. Everything is easy and fun. Hey, if we just get rid of this money stuff, here's what's going to happen. Hey, if we just get rid of all these sicknesses, here's what, our, our biggest problem will be that our, our androids can't control their emotions or, or don't have emotions, you know? Like, there is a show right now, a British show, it's actually very good, and I would consider it science fiction, called Humans, which is fantastic. You should see it. But humans t completely plays off, is like the antithesis of that. It's basically like, listen, we're going to fiat the fact that, that, that you know, these kinds of things can happen in, in science mm -hmm. and how that can wreak havoc with society. Um, that's not something Star Trek was trying to accomplish. That's okay. not something that Stargate was trying to accomplish. So for me, 9-11 changes to, to I mean, movies, everything is really affected by this. But <clears throat> sci-fi gets hit harder. I think because hmm. there is, you know, one thing that is not having a problem thriving in, in post 9-11 world is fantasy. Fantasy is doing great. You have the Lord of the Rings series, which debuts in 2001, right? All the way through to what, last year with The Hobbit, right? So, I mean, they've made yeah. a ton of movies. They've made a ton of money. You have Game of Thrones, Right. You have all of the, you know, like even the Hunger Games and things like that, which which are kind of crossed between sci fi and fantasy. Um, fantasy is doing great. Why is fantasy so great? Because it becomes this pure escapism. It's not supposed to be grounded in reality. It's it's kind of out there. So why sci -fi, wouldn't science fiction fit that bill? Because science it's not fiction is grounded in reality. Science okay, fiction is a, is a way to take what is known maybe change a couple rules to make something different and then see how that can teach us about ourselves, right? So Rod Serling, right? Gene Roddenberry, not, uh, you know, Isaac Eismov, not, you know, what we see today where it's very much kind of this huge, you know, uh, 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 it's the difference between um, Caprica and Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, so I was going to say that I, I think you're on some onto something, but also completely wrong. So, okay. so I Both do to be true. Yes, and I I I agree with the thesis that 9/11 or September 11th 
uh, changed in the American zeitgeist the form of science fiction that people wanted to consume or 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 at least the stories that creators wanted to tell it was more more um uh you know tales of like Battlestar Galactica is more tales of the of of terrorism and yes. the uh the big brother you know state yes. uh whereas you know and and aliens was, and yeah, and by aliens I mean foreign aliens. We're not necessarily yeah, aliens from outer true. space, so, right? But but uh, trust. So I think that changed from the kind of more happy-go-lucky science fiction of the '90s. Yes, you know things like Battlestar Galactica, or sorry, things like Babylon Five and and Deep Space yes. Star Trek: Deep Space Nine, notwithstanding. Deep Space Nine had some pretty dark shows, but overall was still a fairly sanitized version of what a lot of things like war in the future would be like. Yep. But um yeah, afterward you have a lot darker shows like Battlestar Galactica, like um uh even Stargate changed. Uh Stargate Universe was a lot darker and grittier of a show than Stargate Stargate SG1 ever was. Mm-hmm. Um so I think that happened, but I don't think that killed science fiction on TV. Uh because science fiction and other medium media seem to still do well. If you look at sci-fi movies that have come out recently, there's actually quite a few. Uh, True. Interstellar was a big one last year. Um, You can look at things... Well, Star Wars uh, is coming out. The Uh, Martian. The Martian, which is... Yeah, no, science fiction. I would say science fiction. Oh, absolutely. Um, The new Terminator. uh, Things like jupiter ascending lucy jupiter ascending oh my god that movie bombed horribly Elysium. you can't make, you can't, make a you can't say yeah. it's bombing it actually came out people yeah. are making it um, yeah but, but but i mean but 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 that's not your argument is about what's popular not 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 what just what comes no, out not necessarily what's popular just what's out there's not a lot of sci-fi on tv but okay so let me let me shift a little bit because i think my my theory is that the 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 public has cycles to their tastes you know yes that's why in movies i i think in movies five years ago there wasn't so much uh necessarily sci-fi but you know what there was a lot of vampires (laughs) for example uh vampires zombies zombies are really hot right now on tv but i think that's waning uh, yep. It's just sci-fi as a series. People about zombies, of course they do. The the it's just horrible. The producers of television try to capture the zeitgeist. As if something catches on, they try yeah. to capture as much as they can. And I think right. it's just that, frankly. Yeah. Um, so you're you're doing the life imitates art, or art imitates life, chicken rig mash yes exactly so, so, and, and i'll yeah. point that out because you know what it's a you could call it a subgenre of science fiction shows yeah. that are on tv that are actually there are several of right now oh a ton if and that would be uh superhero shows there's a good number of superhero shows on tv now uh uh flash and if people have been sick of those by now they're never gonna get sick of <laughs> supergirl agents of shield uh, not yeah. to mention Jessica Jones, Jessica Jones. and uh, uh, The Flash. I'm sorry, yep. Daredevil. Uh, 
There you go. Guy in a red suit, same thing. Yeah, um, guy in a red suit. On Netflix. You know, and yep. so that is Good. that is not pure science fiction, but it's kind of a subgenre. There's some science-y elements usually. And and it's fiction. And usually so, in a yeah. Exactly. So so I think that I don't think sci fi on TV is dead. I think it's just napping. Uh and I yeah. think well, I said, it's starting to come yeah. back. So so you know what's interesting to me? Hmm? You and I said exactly the same thing. So so I I said that for different reasons, though, I, I, I said, number sure. But we said exactly the same thing. So I think that the sci fi is on the rebound now because I think people are by and large. It's it's, you know, here we are. We're, we're in a new era of a, of a lot of different challenges. Right. We have a new era of the information age and people are, are, are more concerned with things like privacy than they've ever been before. Right. And and sharing information and content and those kinds of things. But but technology is more part of our lives than, they've, than it's ever been before. Mm-hmm. But also you said that that the public's sh- tastes shift. Well, I agree with that. And they shift around monumental events. That's how history books are written. That's how people remember certain eras. Right. Uh, you know, 1066 was the Norman conquest. Was that was that, you know, really the the watershed moment of, of everything before it and everything after it. I'm reading a book about, you know, that entire period in history, and I can tell you definitively it wasn't. It's just how people remember that transition. <clears throat> sure. 9-11 to, to me is defining that transition of, of the shift in taste for people because they didn't want to watch things like Full House and Family Matters anymore. Seinfeld wasn't up to snuff. Yeah. Now we need to have things that are, 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 are dirtier. Are grittier, more, are more realistic, more. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not not caustic. More um, cynical, 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 yeah. cynical. It, 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 I think that's that's a great way to put it. And I think science fiction, by its nature, in many ways, is cynical. So then, why wouldn't there be more of that after September 11th? Because I think people are, were more engaged by fantasy and escapism. After, after that, after nine eleven, and and you know, again, it's just a transitionary moment. Than they were anything else. Why did Tolkien write the Lord of the Rings? Because oh, World of War traumatic I. world yeah. events, and then he wanted to be able to create this fantastical universe that people could escape to, and and would 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 teach us about why war is terrible, but do it in a way that that we weren't reading about World War One, right? Yes. Um- but I'll also point out that a lot of these sci-fi shows that no longer it seems to be it seems to me that a lot of a lot of sci-fi left the air left the TV airwaves about yeah. five years ago. Yeah, 2010. That's after September 11th. I don't think that's. I th- I think it changed the type of sci-fi we like to consume. Yes. Uh, but it didn't that I don't think that was the reason why it's so hard to find on TV nowadays. Right. But again, you but you just said you just said it changes the, the things that we the way that we'd like to consume it or mm-hmm. the things that we'd like to consume. And you also said point B that that it wasn't necessarily in every medium, but it was in television. Mm-hmm. Television inherently is a populist medium, even more so than films. Even That's more true. so than books, that is very it's a true. populist medium. So my point is, I think a lot of people that enjoyed sci-fi and the sci-fi that was cynical and all these other kinds of things just went in different places. TV was not, I mean, TV by and large became kind of an archaic notion. TV is on the rebound now from, from what happened. 
in many ways because it's it's shifting, it's changing. Now I can go and watch something like a Jessica Jones on Netflix. I don't have to wait every week, set my DVR, you know, take take that time out of my schedule and and watch it live with commercials in the middle. You know, Netflix created it. They put it down there. They they want me to see it, and I can watch it all tonight if I want to, right? Mm-hmm. So, the nature TV is even archaic. I mean, I think the media. Oh, is sure. The best. And I think that 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 we're saying the same thing for different reasons, but I think one thing we can agree about is that sci-fi on TV, the way that you and I enjoy it, definitely died for a while, and hopefully it's coming back. And now what, you know, what what does that really mean? I guess to a certain extent, right? How, how do we? How, how do you know, or how do you feel like it's coming? Like it's coming back? Why? Why would you say that? I think just because these things go in waves and cycles. Uh, okay, I, I, I'm starting to see a little bit more uh, things like the new Star Trek series, things yeah. like new X or X Files is coming back. I know. I think. Um, I think maybe Psychopather mentioned that in the in the chat earlier. But also, Star Wars is coming back. Well, yeah, Star Wars and their yeah, Star, Star Trek TV. came back in two thousand and nine. Oh, in movies, yeah, but movies it was is a different. Near, movies are but, different. But, but, but my point is, if Star Trek doesn't come back in two thousand nine, right? Mm-hmm. Are we having the conversation about a Star Trek TV series right now? Quite possibly, probably not. Well, maybe, but but, but pr- probably not. Again, because the thing is, think, you have to think that Star Trek is a valuable TV franchise more than a valuable movie franchise. So there is value in something culturally and artistically and not necessarily monetarily. I don't think. I think Star Trek is very valuable culturally and artistically as a television franchise. It's just better. It's made. You and I talked about this last time. It's made better for TV. Episodic. Yes. Right. It's, it's, it's better for TV. Um, and- but I don't think that means it's valuable. Because I, I don't know that these that even CBS thinks they can it can make money off of this. They're oh. gonna try it as as a means of, of, of a completely new means of of of, of reaching people. Uh, a new medium, if you will. But that's because I think they aren't because they don't want to put it on broadcast TV. There wouldn't have been five TV shows in an animated series if it wasn't valuable to put on television. No, uh, no, no, no. You're missing my point. I'm talking about now. I'm not talking about what it was. Listen, oh, so, okay. so, so I, I Love Lucy is not a valuable TV franchise now. But I if, don't know. But if it I, could but be. If I, but if I Love Lucy didn't <laughs> exist, Star Trek wouldn't have existed because it wouldn't have been made by Desi Lee Productions. My point is, it, sure, it was before. My point is, it's not right now, or at least nobody knows that it is. I, I think it's inherently valuable as a cultural phenomenon. But that doesn't mean that it is valuable dollars and cents wise. That's my only point. I think it will be. Uh, and I, I hope so. I, th- I, I really do. I, I, and, and specifically with Star Trek, because the field has laid fallow long enough and people are excited about it. it they got to do it right. They can't put any sort of crap on there. But I think there's a it's got the name behind it to give it a good jump start. Um, but beyond that, you're starting to see more sci fi on TV, I think I think it's coming yes. back around. You, I don't know if you you probably haven't watched Sense Eight on on Netflix, um, but that's you know by the Wachowskis and um, J. Michael oh, Straczynski. Then I definitely won't watch it. Yeah, but J. Michael Straczynski from Babylon Five, which is also pretty good. It's, Even though um, I think the Wachowskis made the best science fiction film I've ever seen. Yeah, it can I, be. A, it. it can be a bit weird and meandery, but it's overall a good a good thing, a good show. But it's sci-fi. 
You know, it's yeah. actual pure yeah. sci-fi on Netflix, which is I count as TV, frankly, at this point. It is. Yeah. Um, and that it's and it's original, which is good. That's a good sign for, hey, you know what? Maybe everyone's been overdosing a bit too much on zombie shows and right. uh, superhero shows. Maybe yes. it's time for some good old science fiction. I think it's just that's part of the waves of of the zeitgeist washing yes. over the shore of our minds as we consume yeah. more and more. Uh, and I, I think it's going to be coming back soon. You're uh, you're 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 very you're very Hegel tonight with your with your zeitgeist and your and your moving. Um, Fushnickety. I. I'm going to agree with you because I think to, you know, so I, for one of the things I literally just watched right before the program is a new show from sci-fi S Y F Y that has yet to premiere, but they're showing the first episode, which is called the expanse. Mm-hmm. Um, let me give you a synopsis of how this thing starts. Cause I have no idea if the show is going to be any good. All right. Okay. So you tell me if this is a, if this is a sci-fi premise that can exist in 2015 into 2016 okay okay it's many decades in the future all right maybe even 100 years in the future i don't even know i don't remember okay probably hundreds of years in the future um very similarly to battlestar galactica but only intersolar systemly okay earth is that a word it is well. You can you can make anything in English a word if you just put the proper grammatical construction to it. Exactly. Um, so so uh, what happened is is that humans, because this is all about humans, uh, started to colonize other parts of the solar system. They began with Mars, and uh, because Mars was very much habitable, right? Unlike many other uh, planets, so that that became inhabited. Then what happened was resources were really needed to fund the lifestyle and the capabilities because of the, 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 you know, obviously Mars takes a ton of resources to make like Earth, so on and so forth. So these people went out to kind of the, this asteroid belt to mine it for resources. Okay. Okay. Well, what ends up happening is that, you know, many, many decades after this, you basically end up with almost three completely separate factions of people. Okay. The Earthers, the Martians, and the Belters. Right. Interesting. And you, you know, just to interject real quick, there's a lot of science fiction that follows that that idea that once we colonize other worlds, that's going to create a, a, a fragmentation of the of the race race of the human race. Uh, Babylon right. five was big on on people on Mars being like very independent minded versus the people from Earth. So. Well, and here you go. Right. So so Earth is Earth and it's it's run by the U.N., if that tells you anything. Sure. And then and then Mars is a, is kind of a war. They're, they're known as kind of a warlike society. They, they're they're It's like Earth, but they are incredibly <laughs> technologically advanced. They want to create bigger and better weapons and they want to have a huge defense. And, and they rely on Earth, by and large, for trade and those kinds of things. And the people on the belt are, are more of kind of the blue-collar folks. They're the traders. They're, they're the traders. They're the people that, that got you know, colonized and, and people that, that were rejected. They're kind of the Australia. They got rejected from, you know, from, from, this, from this society. So we're going to send them to the penal colony, and they're going to work forever. That's, so you the three penal. separate – Yeah, there you go. Exactly. Hey, you said, you said traders, and I thought you meant traitors at first. But you meant traitors. <laughs> like Yankee um, traitors. Yeah, exactly. 
so anyway, so so that's that's the premise of of, of the show. But the the thought pro- the thought process is this: this this crew of people aboard a ship stumble upon something that they shouldn't stumble upon out in the outer reaches of the asteroid belt, and start to uncover a massive massive conspiracy that um, is slowly slowly now being unearthed. Okay. Okay. Interesting. So, interesting premise, right? Now, I watched the first episode, and, and I thought this, this is, I don't know, again, I don't know if it's good yet or not. I can't tell you, because I've only seen one episode. It's difficult to say that something's really good after one episode. But here's what I can tell you about, about kind of the, the classic sci-fi formula that's, that's at, at work here, all right? One, you, you have basically the rules. This is a very realistic science fiction. When these guys go to, to travel very quickly, they don't say how they're traveling very quickly. Like there's no hyperspace or anything like that. Um, you know, basically they just, I think they call it bursting or boosting or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but they literally all have to go to the chairs. They have to strap themselves in with like multiple levels of seatbelts and they put in mouth guards so that they don't bite their tongues and then hold on for dear life when they, when they go. Yeah. So like there's this whole like very gritty like you could get really badly hurt, so no one wants to do this whole space jump thing because it could really end up ugly, right? Hmm. So that's cool, right? So, so my point is, it's very grounded in, in kind of reality with several changes, which is what science fiction's about, right? I, it's, I, th- it's, I think you're going to find that more with science fiction, exactly, because it's yeah. gritty, it's realistic, right? It's 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 not limited to what we know. You know, you might change one or two little tweaks here, but it's by and large, yeah. Consistent with science. Man, you look at how far science fiction has come since the 50s. Exactly. Where it was just the most ridiculousness, you know. Right. It's more fantasy than sci-fi. Yeah, Yeah. and it's more of our – I think it's also partially more of our understanding about how science will work in the the future. And our capability to make realistic-looking stuff. That too. And actually, I think that's part of why there is going to be another renaissance of science fiction coming. Um, Like with the show that you're talking about, what did you say? Defiance? The Expanse. Sorry, The Expanse defines another show. Um, two things I want to talk about and then yeah. we'll just touch on and then we can move on to Q&A. But um, I just read the other day and I brought that, this up that uh, of all – if this doesn't sh- tell you that sci-fi is coming back, uh, Spike TV, which I didn't even know was still around, frankly, yeah, is has, has ordered a 10-episode series uh, based on the book Red Mars – Hmm. Uh, by Kim Stanley Robinson, which has to do with colonization of Mars. It's like a it's a trilogy. It's like an epic trilogy that takes hmm. takes place over hundreds of years. And they have J. Michael Straczynski from Babylon Five writing. So that sounds wow. really interesting. Actually, I'm yeah, excited for that. That I, that is something. I mean, these books are are somewhat dry. There's a lot of technical technical details. There's a lot of politics involved. It's it's really interesting though, and I'm I'm curious to see how that works out. But secondarily, and unrelated to that, one of the big reasons I think you can point to, one of the big things you can point to right now about how science fiction is coming back on TV Mm -hmm. is a little show we like to call Rick and Morty. Yes. Which, frankly, has some of the most interesting science fiction plots in recent TV memory. Have you, it's you, true. You, you did catch up on the series, right? Series. Yeah, I, I think I at this point I have seen every episode. Uh, the one where they uh, there's a gun that like splits multiple realities. Yes. And they have like 64 different realities going right. at the same time. At the same time on the yeah. on the screen. Yes. Is brilliant. 
It's, it is. It's. I mean, it's, there's some really good sci-fi going on in that show. Yeah, it's, there's a lot of craziness. Obviously, it's a it's a cartoon show after all, uh, but it's really clever, um, and I think that helps a lot uh, in getting people interested in sci-fi again. It's a kind of a Trojan horse for the yes. whole genre. So, um, yeah, I I agree. I think Rick and Morty is a great example of of how sci-fi can kind of slip back into the consciousness without us really knowing. Yeah. But Rick and Morty is always going to be kind of, uh, you know, a niche show. It's not necessarily... <clears throat> well, uh, it's getting more uh, less niche as time goes on. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that. It's I, entering the zeitgeist. Oh, yeah, yeah, the, the collective consciousness. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I, I have high hopes for science fiction in the future. I, You know, I mean, I think science fiction in many ways began as fantasy it began as oh yeah you know the kind of wells and you know almost lovecraftian kind of let's just think of the crazy stuff that people do with technology and tech you know and and science um even though uh, i think pure science fiction is really grounded in science um and scientific knowledge but i think you know we have to look at, at at other things that I think are are, are really doing, or have really done well, uh, you know, in the last ten years as well, right? So I would, although Lost was not necessarily a science fiction show, mm. it was a science fiction show. It was. It became one, right? By the end, certainly. It, if you know, and and it wasn't a fantasy show. It was a science fiction show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just mentioned the show called Humans, which is a British show that airs at the same time on AMC here in the states. It's a great program, which is not a science fiction show, but it's a science fiction show. It takes place today, exactly as things are now. It just so happens that people can make humanoid robots that that look, sound, smell, feel like people. Blade okay. Runner. Yeah, exactly. Blade Runner, but in contemporary times, not a dystopian future. Mm-hmm. So there are these kind of little things that are dotting. Rick and Morty, great, it's a great example. They're dotting the landscape. Of, of, you know, people taking risks to get more toward the kind of grounded classic science fiction that I think we all know and love that isn't necessarily the Halo series, right? Where you have to completely create a whole different reality of, you know, massive, <laughs> massive worlds and, you know, so on and so forth. It can be a little bit more grounded. And I think... I think there's going to be a lot of cool shows that come onto TV under that premise or under that guise. I agree. That's the renaissance, maybe, of, of science fiction. The over. second renaissance. Not yeah. that I'm not, not that I don't love fantasy, though. An I mean, industrial revolution. Not, I mean, of sci fi. Like, yeah, the industrial revolution. So, you know, we're all going to be, we're all going to be paying for it with our lungs. Um, it's going to be uh, a steampunk. Um, yeah, I mean, fantasy though is well. Is, f- fantasy is already undergoing a renaissance with Game of Thrones. No, it, my point is, it already has. My my yeah. point is that it's it, is that is ex- extremely popular. Yeah, and 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 fantasy by and large has been extremely popular for a long time. Now everyone is trying to make Game of Thrones. There's Marco Polo mm-hmm. on the you know there's there's this uh, Enter the Badlands on AMC. Vikings, there's Vikings. There is. Uh, uh, um, uh, Outlander, almost. I would say Outlander. Outlander is a little. It's more. Too... It's more fantasy than sci. Okay, it's like a bodice ripper slash Game of Thrones, but yeah. Yeah, there you go. 
that's it that's it yeah yeah <laughs> that, that's actually a great way to put it yeah. but yeah so but but my point is fantasy's been going pretty pretty good for a while at least since lord of the rings yeah yeah and, and i think that this could be this could be the 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 end of, of fantasy because now fantasy is becoming so popular that mm-hmm. people are making a lot of horrible crappy fantasy it, yeah maybe that's maybe this is where sci-fi starts to jump in <clears throat> which is kind of what happened with sci-fi maybe there's only so much so much room in people's brains for this kind of nerdy subculture it's like it's either fantasy or it's science fiction you know yes. two things that are it's like two sides of the same coin they're somewhat related but they're very different you know uh, yeah. And now, now you know, we had all the crappy sci-fi for a little while, like Andromeda and et cetera, like blah, 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 blah. And now we have very little sci-fi, and now we're starting to get some kind of crappy fantasy shows. And people are yep. like, okay, I'm kind of done with the fantasy. What kind of sci-fi do you got for me, television? So. And as you said, these things go in waves. I will, I, will, uh, I will end by saying this. Some people were talking about this in the chat. I have to, I have to give some attention to this. I am all for a space cases reboot but it has to star jewel stady and she has to have multicolored hair yes isn't she like 60 now yeah okay let's check it she's still hot though <laughs> um she's canadian you know can't trust oh, yeah, i know yeah I, i'm well aware okay um you know, I, I she can she can naturalize me anytime she wants um that's dirty why is it, is it really that dirty anyway all right, so uh, so there you go. So there you have it, folks. Uh, you know, I think by and large we were kind of saying the same thing. We just we just have different reasons for why it, you it know disappeared. What? But I think both of us are hopeful about. What I it's say going. we disagree to disagree. All right, let's just let's just do that. <laughs> okay, folks. Uh, moving on from the topic du jour to the question and answer portion of the program. Again, as a reminder, if any of you want to ask questions, all you have to do is. You're following along in the chat, click my name, send me a question there uh, under private message, or you can tweet at It's the Commodore, which happens to be me. I've got a lot of questions so far, so good luck trying to get in, but but uh, send send those questions along. You ready for some questions, Rue? I'm ready. All right, here we go. Um, here is a question from Space Ian. All right. Uh, I think you mentioned in a podcast that you wrote a paper on the damsel in distress in video gaming. Is that published anywhere? So I did, although it's not necessarily about the damsel in distress. My master's thesis uh, was actually about, um, in many ways, the uh, problematic depiction of, of women and females in video games and how it was very tropical long before Anita Sarkeesian ever wrote a word about you it. Are- so Anita Sarkeesian. Yeah, see, I mean, I, but I, I totally went in a good direction with it instead of a bad direction like she did. Anyway, if you'd like to read that, uh, you can. Um, Here's where I look, actually, look it up again. It's actually, it's actually uh, about the game Beyond Good and Evil, which I pose as a, as a great example of how good a game can be um, by using positive examples, uh, examples of femininity rather than the traditional tropical examples of femininity. Okay. Good job, Yade. Good job, Yade. Um, that was pretty good. <laughs> All uh, right, so um, I found it. Oh, there you go. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be uh, doing it in the chat right now. Yes, and it is published in the Library of Congress. You can read it anytime. <gasps> Mr. K, good friend of the program, 
asks, uh, I do believe that Super Mario Maker is quite possibly the most important game Nintendo has ever made. Hmm. Do you think so? Nope. Next question. Okay. Well, there it is. Uh, it's a very good game. It's maybe the most important game they've made for the Wii U that mm-hmm. sells, well, sells in, in not the literal term, but in the metaphorical term. It sells the idea of why the Wii U needed to be the way it is with the gamepad. But I don't think it's the most important game it's ever made. Uh, that's probably Super Mario Brothers, for obvious reasons. You yep. Can, yeah. I think uh, Super Mario Maker is, <clears throat> is... It shows the genius of Nintendo in reinventing the things that they basically invented. Um, they continue to make 2D platformers that are incredibly fun. And Super Mario Maker... And 3D. And 3D, by the way, but not to take away from the 3D ones. But my point is that premise of the 2D platformer is, is which most people would have run out of all their ideas for. Nintendo just keeps coming up with, with great stuff. So probably not the most important, but it is important. Mm-hmm. Um, here's one, and this is, this, is, this is one we need to address here. Lupacillo asks, what do you believe is the greatest challenge for new game developers graduating this year and going into the job market? Oh, goodness. Yeah. Uh, have a hobby that's not gaming? I don't know. A hobby? <laughs> or, um, or a job that's not gaming? Um, maybe both. I don't know. Uh, so what's the biggest challenge? I mean, to me, it's the changing nature of the industry. Yeah. I mean, who knows? what? I mean, for me, it's not necessarily getting into the industry now. It's the longevity of it. Because I, I have to be worried if I'm a developer at this point, mm-hmm. um, it, not even Tim Schafer, right? We just talk about Tim Schafer having a ton of clout and not being able to get a game made at a publisher. Why is that? Well, there's a lot of reasons, but he's got a ton of clout. Cloud is not one of them, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, you know, I, I, I just think some, a lot of the traditional roads that people have gone to make video games are, are really dying. And that could be good for you as an aspiring game maker, but it could make things, you know, a very non-traditional route to get where you're trying to go. It shakes things up yeah. in the gaming uh, game development world, uh, so it's easier to strike out on your own and and magically make it rich. Not magically, but <laughs> you know what I mean. But yeah. it's it makes it difficult for some of the legacy development houses, and uh, also mm-hmm. careful in the mobile gaming space. I'll, I'll say that that is uh, there's a lot of uh, sand in the foundation there for for a lot of oh, these companies. Yeah. Look at Zynga. Um, so there's there's no experience that's bad experience. Yeah, but you know if you're hitching your wagon to something like that, I'd be a little bit scared too. Yeah. There you go. All right. Um, great question. So let's let's move to Broccolope, who asks, who is your favorite character in Final Fantasy VI? Locke. Edgar. You loser. I am not a loser. <laughs> You're just the, the rapey king of Figaro, that's all. <laughs> the rapey king of Figaro? How in the world? Date rapey. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not even. I'm not even going to delve any deeper into that. I don't want to know. I don't want to know why you're saying that. And also, Locke right. is the hottest girl. Sell us. Um, win. He's yeah. a treasure hunter, and yeah. he has the best music. Best music in the game. He, he has pretty good music. I have to say, I still like the the theme to figure out. 
Agent Cooper, 1982. By the yeah. way, Agent Cooper, great to see you. It's uh, What do you think about Twin Peaks coming back? Anyway, Agent Cooper asks, <laughs> what are your thoughts on Xenoblade Chronicles 10? X. I mean, I, I'm sorry, I said ten. It was. A, you, have to, you have to realize. Remember when I told you I was reading the book about the War of the Roses? Actually, uh -huh. I'm reading the Plantagenets, which 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 is which comes before. That was Plantagenet. I thought it was Plantagenet. So it depends how you say it, right? So it comes from the Latin, oh. which doesn't have any kind of gene pronunciation of anything. So it's like a genus of a flower. Anyway, citizen gene. Yes, that is the French way to say it, though. You're right. Yes. So my point is, you know how many times I'm reading right now Henry one, Henry two, Henry. So I, I, so as soon as I saw X, I said ten. Sorry. Anyway, <laughs> Xena Blade. Sorry for derailing. Go ahead. What was the question? You don't, oh, you don't, uh, you don't care. No, I'm I'm interested in it. I have uh, way too many other games I need to play, but I, hopefully I'll, I'll probably wait till it drops in price a bit and then pick it up. But it seems pretty interesting. I I partially played Xenoblade, Xenoblade Chronicles, and I really interest. I'm I really was interested by it. Uh, yeah, I got like ten hours into it or so, and then I just got distracted, and yep. I need to pick it back up. Uh, As is the case for most games I play these days. You know what I just picked up? That's really good. What for like two bucks and fifty cents? Yep. Um, Red Dead Redemption. It's like, uh, not Final Fantasy. It's like uh, it's made by Rockstar. It's like uh, Grand Theft Auto in the Old West, except I think more interesting than Grand Theft Auto. And also, the, there's enough change to the game mechanics to make it pretty interesting. Like I think a, a piece of news that we missed was that uh, there's there's a sequel coming. Oh well, Red Dead Redemption is a sequel to Red Dead Revolver. Uh Right, but I mean the sequel to Red Dead Redemption. So there'll be a Red oh, Red, yeah. Red Dead Redemption two. That does not shock me. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Did they just announce that? I think it's within the last three weeks. I think I heard that. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Um, uh, hold on. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Red Dead Redemption two to be unveiled at E three. Uh, there you go. It probably will not be called that. No. But yeah. But it is a sequel to Red Dead Redemption. Yes. Ish. That doesn't surprise um, me. That'll be interesting. All right. Um, one of our followers from Mibit, who will shall remain nameless because they logged into the website, uh, asked a question, end of 2015 question here. What is your best, what is your, what is the best, sorry, or your, I'm having problems reading tonight, man. You I don't know what's going on. You are on the Jamba Juice. What is the best or your favorite game that you played in 2015? Doesn't have to be released in 2015, mm. but the game you played and enjoyed the most. Good question. I did play uh, Grand Theft Auto V, which I really enjoyed. I actually played that to completion. My answer was going to be Grand Theft Auto V. <laughs> yeah, that's a good game, especially after being really kind of game. disappointed by Grand Theft Auto IV. I Me thought V was a good return to form. I completely agree with that. Um, man, what else did I play? Um, well, you know, that might have been your favorite. Yeah. I haven't that's, played, that's the tough part. I haven't played Super Mario Maker yet, but that could be up there. Um, mm. I mean, I got, um, I got a PS3, but I haven't cracked into that so much. I, I picked up some of the big ones. I, I picked up Nino Kuni. I picked up... Uh, uh, Last of Us, you know, all, all the mm -hmm. games that are supposed to be like instant classics, and I, I haven't had a chance to get into them yet. Maybe, yeah. maybe over the Christmas holiday. Um, I might I might, I might, might just go with Grand Theft Auto V for the time being. 
Uh, I think Grand Theft, Grand Theft Auto Fine, uh, Grand Theft Auto Five. See, look at this. I can't say anything. Grand Theft Auto Five is definitely my answer. Um, it it was just it was just a great game. It really was. Oh, by the way, Agent Cooper, nineteen eighty two, uh, says he's comp- cautiously optimistic for the new season of Twin Peaks. You're damn right. So am I. I mean, who who comes in here and names himself Agent Cooper without being optimistic? I thought it was actually after the cat. Um. I don't think so. Oh, yeah. Is, but, and there's yeah. a Nino Cooney sequel that was announced, too. So that's that's exciting. Yeah. So. Yeah. So in, in those vein, I'm, I'm not going to ask this, this the follow up question, which was exactly about that. Mike, just Mike, asks, do you think in 20 years we'll see a Star Trek TNG reboot in the style of the J.J. Abrams Star Trek movies? Man, I love that question. Uh, I doubt it only because I doubt it, too. I don't think. Makes me sad to say. I don't think Next Generation has captured the zeitgeist in the same way that the original oh. Star Trek did. Zeitgeist counter. Oh, like on. everyone, okay, everyone, almost everyone, if you say Captain Kirk and Spock, they will know yeah. who you're talking about. Right. If you say Worf and Data, yeah. a good number of the population will know what you're talking about. Right. But it's not, it's not like Kirk and Spock. Yeah. Um, my wife has no idea who Worf is, but if I said Captain Kirk, she'd know exactly what I was talking about. You're just, you're just all about saying my wife now. You're all well, my, I have to. My so wife. This is this is my platform to be able to say that because if I say it here and I and I screw it up, no one knows. Only you guys, my, <laughs> my closest dear personal friends. If I say it in the wild or God forbid next to her, she'll kill me. Makes sense. She doesn't like to admit being your wife. No, no, no. What I mean is if I miss it. Oh. If I see, I have to program it into my mind talking to my friends. Oh, I get it. So that I can say it in the wild. So yeah, you, exactly. you don't say my fiance or my girlfriend or anything like that. Exactly. If I said Go that, on. I'm. I mean, I'm toast. It's <laughs> over. It's over for me. Fair enough. Um, not that she's necessarily the representation of the zeitgeist, but to a certain, to but by and large, I think she's probably a better indicator than you and I are. So let's put it that. Way. By the way, have you watched any John Mulaney stand up? No. Go on Netflix and look it up. Okay. I'm, Please. I'm, we'll do that. He's got two specials. It's very good. One of them, he talks about how he just got married and how he loves to say, my wife. Because it sounds so much more important than like, I'm going to, I'm going to make this horrible, but it's like, he has like a first, he's like a, uh, advanced boarding ticket on the plane and and his wife doesn't. He's like, excuse me, can my wife join me? Yes, of course. And he says like, it sounds so much better than saying, can my girlfriend come? You know, <laughs> Uh, I have a funny story to tell you about that, but I'm going to wait till after the show. Oh, okay. Um, let's see. Dirty story. Oh, so the actual freaking question. Oh, there's um, a question? Yeah. So, so no, I, I was just going to say, I don't, I agree with everything you just said the, the, about uh, Picard and, and everybody being different than Kirk and, and the, the original cast and capturing the minds of, of, of regular people. But I would also say that... Um, the the iconography of the original series is pervasive. Yeah, it's it's not that with any other 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 series. Even though you know we all have our favorites and they might differ, um, it, it's going to be difficult to get a Captain Picard analog as Tom Hardy has already proved to us in Nemesis. Well, that's um, not even fair, but yeah. But but do you understand what I'm saying? Like it, it's it's going to be it's to me because. Because those character traits are so difficult to replicate, because there's it's so difficult to get a Patrick Stewart, um, you know, uh, 
I just don't I don't I don't see that being successful. I don't see that happening anytime soon. I think well I think it would be better for Star Trek as a franchise to go in the direction of unexplored territory, so to speak, which I it seems like that's what they're doing with this new series, so I would yep. I would encourage more of that. Um I agree. than reboots, frankly. I agree 100% with that. That's that, that's exactly where I'm at. So Luscious T asks, for me, an RPG has always implied turn-based combat. Yeah, okay. With the confirmation, I, I agree with that statement too, by the way. I disagree with, somewhat, but okay. What? Okay. With the confirmation that Final Fantasy VII Remake will be a suedo action RPG. Pseudo action. Suedo. It'll be a suede RPG. <laughs> it's going to be leather. <laughs> What is wrong with me tonight? I'm so sorry. I I don't know what's going on. I really don't. I can see fine. I this is a Suedo right Final Fantasy ten. Yeah. Oh, that actually works. X. Damn yeah. it. Never mind. Uh, that Final Fantasy seven remake will be a pseudo action RPG, AK Final Fantasies. Recent Final Fantasies. Oh, okay. Combine again. Combine with with an episodic release. Does this kill any of your anticipation for the game? This kills the anticipation. Uh, somewhat, somewhat. Yeah, I mean, but, for but we, me, we, we, yeah, I, yeah. So I was, you know, what I was thinking when I was watching that, we didn't, we didn't even talk about it. You talked about how they're messing with the combat system. You were thinking, Let man, me, I need a sandwich. <laughs> Damn it, I gotta get some sandwiches. Um, no, I was actually thinking. I really miss the good old days of RPGs with turn-based, you know, like, I mean, even, even like Chrono Trigger was kind of the apex of it for me, right? You, you know, it's, it's, it's got some action elements because you, you can't just kind of sit there, right, and keep hitting the button. Uh-huh. But, you know, well, I like turn-based. I like everybody gets a shot here, everybody gets a shot here. I like that. Yes. I mean, that is classic RPG, uh, classic Western RPG. Uh, sorry, classic Japanese RPG is what I meant to say. Uh, with the Western RPG, especially with things like Fallout, Skyrim, yeah. not as much. It's more of an action no. RPG. And, True. And, and there have been Japanese action RPGs. The more recent Final Fantasies are closer to that. Uh, yes. Things like Secret of Mana were, and Secret of Evermore were more action RPGs. So, I mean, yep. yes... The turn-based style is more classic, but it's not the be-all, end-all. Um, is my anticipation for Final Fantasy VII Remake a little bit lower because of that? Yes, but uh, like I said at the top of the broadcast, um, I'm not ready to throw the baby out with the bathwater and say, ah, this is going to be terrible. I'm just more cautious yeah. about it. And in fact, it could turn out being a better a better thing Yeah. To to actually take a chance and make something a little bit different, you know? I like it. I mean, plus you have. There are lots of tr- turn-based games. Uh, uh, Bravely Default, any of the great uh, 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 blah, 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 Dragon Quest games that are going to be coming out. Dragon Quest Seven and Eight are coming out for the 3DS. There you go. Um, yeah. Nino Kuni. There you go. Lots, lots of, lots of things for you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I know, I know. I, I, I guess, I guess I was really more talking about Final Fantasy 7 in that Final Fantasy 7 was a turn-based RPG and now it doesn't look like a like a turn-based RPG. Man, I really miss the turn-based RPG nature of Final Fantasy 7. I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Millennial Falcon. I see what you did there. 
asks, with the successful reboot of Star Trek and Star Wars, which sci-fi series would you like to see J.J. Abrams bring back from the dead? Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, he yeah. did. He did. That's funny. He did have a hand in rebooting both of those. Which, have a hand? Well, a hand, a little bit of a hand, a pinky finger. Which <laughs> which sci-fi series or which series? Uh, it just it just says it just says sci-fi series. Okay, uh, would we like him to bring back from the dead? Yep. Um. Ugh. Um. From the dead. You know, I really like Quantum Leap. Quantum Leap is a great one. That's uh, a great. I heard that there was um a show like Sliders. That Sliders is another one that we had, we neglected to reach for back is in the in production night. or is being talked about. I can't remember what it's called, but it's supposed to be kind of like Sliders. Maybe it's already out. I should look into mm. that. Uh, but Quantum Leap would be interesting. And there was a show in 2007 that was unfortunately killed by the writer's strike. Uh, it only mm. went like 13 episodes and it went away called Journeyman. Oh, yeah. That's super good. If anyone, I seen it. oh man, it, you got you got to seek it out. I think it's finally out on DVD. Um, oh. What's a DVD? Okay, you can download it off of BitTorrent. Uh, BitTor. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. But it, I can get it, a digital download. It, it was very, it was very, um, it was very Quantum Leap esque, but it was really good. Uh, the guy, the guy who keeps leaping back and forth in time, he keeps coming home. And so, he, like, in between these jumps. So he has to deal with that because he just disappears from, like, his modern time. So, like, he's driving his car, and then all of a sudden he jumps, and his car, like, slams into a telephone pole. And his wife and his his wife and his um, brother, like, think he's insane or something like that. Yeah. So he has to deal yeah. with all that. It's, like, very interesting. Um, it's so good. Anyway, look it up if you haven't. I haven't. I, I, that is intriguing. I like that. I, I, could, I could see that. You can see that being cool. Um, I am. I'm shocked that you didn't jump on a series that you and I disagree about. Okay. Usual suspects. Yes, I can't. I, I would love to see J.J. Abrams re recreate the classic science fiction series, The Usual Suspects. <laughs> American Beauty. <laughs> <laughs> just just name every Kevin Spacey movie ever made, and I'll just say no. K. Uh, Pax. Um, that's science fiction. <laughs> science fiction. What? Kind of. Uh, he's he's going he's going to he's going to relaunch House of Cards. Uh, when, <laughs> I love that science fiction show. It's yeah, great. It's great. The, the Robin part, Wright Penn is amazing. Where Actually, she doesn't have the pen anymore. Where he becomes president and then he gets beamed into the alien spaceship. Yeah, it's good. Independence Day. Yeah, he was um, he was the president. In Independence. What, what are we talking about? What are you talking no about? Um, it's it's nineties. Free Association Day. Um, Bill Pullman. Bill Paxton. Uh, um, right, so. uh, Ian. Not Ian. Damn it. Who's the guy that was in The Fly? And Jurassic <laughs> Park? <laughs> oh, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, damn it. I, yeah, I can see his face. Uh, life uh, finds a way. Yeah, what's his name? I, I don't know why I can think of his name. He's He's like so... He's like Ma- I can think of his character in Jurassic Park, I know, Malcolm. Malcolm you know, I know. Oh, I thought that was Malcolm Ian. No, it's Ian Malcolm. I think you're right. What's his actual? I know name? I'm right. Damn it! I can't think of his name. Hold on. Answer incoming. Jeff Goldblum. Thank you. Jeff Goldblum. Thank All right. 
God's sakes. Okay, now what were you talking um, about? No, <laughs> I can't believe you didn't jump on Firefly. Oh, yeah, Firefly. Like, w- like if you could see a classic sci-fi series brought back from the dead. Yeah, but, I mean, I wouldn't want J.J. Abrams to do it. It would have to be Joss Whedon. Also, right. and now um, we have I'm the bl- whole, now we have the chat just throwing Jeff Goldblum at us. <laughs> yeah, Jay, it's, it. it's Jeff Goldblum with a J. It's Jeff Goldblum with a G. It's Ian Malcolm. Goldblum. This is great. <laughs> yeah, it's it's Goldblum. It's Gold Blue. It's Goldblum. Who knows? <laughs> you know what? Unrelated to anything, the '80s reboot of the Twilight Zone was actually not bad. No, I agree. The, the, they actually they did that for the. They threw that in during one of the uh, sci-fi uh, marathons of the Twilight Zone. And I was like, "This is a, hey, these are actually pretty good. And you know who wrote a few for those? Jar Jar Martin. Wrote some of the uh, 80s. Uh... Twilight Zones. He wrote that. that. Wow. Yeah. He, wrote, he wrote for TV and he wrote those. So a few of those. Mm. So pretty interesting. Huh. See? You learned something today. I, and, and dogs do not lay eggs. Yep. Uh, Mr asks yes mr sorry i don't know what to tell you what's a game you really enjoy from your least favorite genre hmm goldeneye i'm not a big fan of fps's first person shooters but i like goldeneye quite a bit you just nailed that one bam bing bang boom i actually like shooters so i can't say that i don't know wubble up a dub dub wubble up a dub dub Um, I'm not a huge sports game fan, but I, I do love Tecmo Super Bowl, and I, I still can play Madden. I, I like them; they're fun. We had a lot of fun do when we were living together with like four of us in a in, a, in an apartment playing the Madden franchise mode. Yes, that and, was awesome. And we would uh, we'd do the fantasy draft, and I would, <laughs> I would have Tom Brady throwing to Tony Gonzalez, and always getting a touchdown. Tony Gojali, um, and Tony and there would always be. And Michael Vick would always be drafted by the Bills. Oh, Michael first Vick. Round. Yeah, because because he had like 99 <laughs> speed and you could never stop him. Anyway, He had 99 everything. He, had, he, was, he, had, he his, was the Bo Jackson. Was he was the Bo yeah. Jackson of Madden 2005. Michael Vick would do this because it's left-handed. Boom. And the ball would already be there. It's like, <laughs> hey, that's not fair. <laughs> um, anyway, we got off track. Okay. I have to... So uh, I can't let people ask two questions before because some of them are really, really good. So we're going to do that. But I need to make sure I get everybody's first questions in. So Pond Life asks, are you hungry right now? If you could have any snack, what would it be? I'm a little hungry, actually. I am really not hungry. You want to know why? Because I'm still cleaning up the pumpkin pie from Thanksgiving dinner. Off the floor? Yeah, like off. I'm just eating it off the floor. (laughs) You're like, I'm done with this pie. You threw it on the floor. Two days later, you come back. Okay, I want some pie. I'm not done with this pie. (laughs) I'm not done with this pie. I still have. Oh, I still have some leftovers. Thanksgiving leftovers that need to be eaten. Yeah, I'm telling you, man. I got a whole thing of of macaroni and cheese that we didn't even make because we didn't need it, and it's just been sitting sad in the fridge for like two weeks now. Yeah, it's. I mean, you know. Because Sad. macaroni and cheese, macaroni and cheese. I think, I get. I think that's just a southern thing for yeah. Thanksgiving. But you know what? Yeah. It's a damn good addition. Oh yeah, it always fits. Yeah. Anyway, I'm not gonna fight somebody that, that like an Italian family wants to have lasagna on Thanksgiving. I'm not gonna fight that. No, but it's not traditional Thanksgiving. You no, know what I mean? That's fine. It's good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. Here's a good one. You ready for this? Uh, yes. You're not ready for this. 
Techie asks, is there is there room for a Star Wars game to innovate anymore? And will the new films help it or just or just cash in? Now, I think Techie is referring to the tepid. I don't know if tepid's the right word, but tepid reviews for Star Wars Battlefront. Tepid's fine. In that. And I mean, it's, it's gotten some pretty good reviews, but it's also the reason it, I would say tepid is because there's an equally strong group of people that say this is made for everybody. And, you know, we're just trying to attract the biggest audience possible and not really try to make a great Star Wars game. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I suppose that's that's kind of the. That's kind of the, the onus of the question. Uh, I don't. I don't necessarily think the new movies will hurt or hinder this uh, or, or uh, innovation in the Star Wars yeah. genre. Uh, I th- it's a, well, Star Wars kind of is a genre of video games. <laughs> it's a religion. Um, but um, it'll certainly encourage more video games, I guess. So I guess that's more tries at get, at innovating. Uh, what was the last innovative Star Wars game we had? Would it be Knights of the Old Republic? Was Knights of the Republic really innovative? It was, it was damn, a great game. It was a damn good game. It's a really good game. Is yeah, I mean, I'd say that. Nice of the Old Republic is kind of like the first edition of Mass Effect. Like it's it's like yeah, the Mass Effect engine running in Star Wars. Um. Uh, I mean, <sighs> there are some really good Star Wars games out there. They just, really are. Just, just not They're so much really- recently. They um, really are. What's your favorite Star Wars game of all time? I got to ask you this question. It's either Knights I was just the, thinking about this. It's either Knights of the Old Republic or like X-Wing. Yeah. X-Wing I, I is, is an amazing two. flight simulator. It is. It's fantastic. <clears throat> TIE Fighter is even better. Um, you know, there, there are some sleepers out there. You know, it's a great... There's there's two games I'll tell you that are, that are really, really, really good Star Wars games, but they're never going to be on the... the people's top one or two jedi power battles oh god yeah which is an arcade style which is why people don't put it on their list right yeah it's, it's, kind of it's arcade. yeah it's like for the ps1 beat them up for the ps1 dreamcast mm-hmm. okay and um star wars jedi academy jedi knight oh, i think that's on a lot of people's lists that is a great game it is the only game to this day to me that is a fun multiplayer Star Wars experience. Yeah, because you just you could third person or you could first person, just running around, swinging a lightsaber, blocking lightsaber blasts. Yeah, yeah. And it was and it would keep up. It was awesome. It was great. Uh, Rogue, and, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. I was gonna, I was gonna say. I mean, someone or um, sorry in the chat, uh, Andy asks about Rogue Squadron. Rogue Squadron. The Rogue, Rogue Squadron games were fun, but I like. I think X Wing and Tie Fighter were better flight simulators. Uh, Absolutely. Hands far. down, bar none. When I played Rogue Squadron, it made me miss X Wing. Period. Yeah, yeah, it did. Um, and then just to completely hijack the question because why not? Enya Dr- Enya Jareem asks, "Are there any good Star Trek games? Are there she any has a good new album?" Out. Oh well, it's nice of her to join the chat to ask about Star Trek games while the, her new yeah. album's going yeah. out. Thanks. I, um, I got to get that. I there's several good Star. You know what? You know what's a good Star Trek game? Star Trek Armada, and Star Trek Armada too. Starfleet Academy. Starfleet Academy is a great game. Um, Bridge Commander was pretty good. Bridge Commander was good. 
Uh, what's um, the other one I'm thinking of? Um, uh, the RTS. Uh, Starfleet why am I, Command. Why am I blanking? Starfleet Command. That wasn't it. Was Are you it? thinking of Armada? No, you're thinking it is of Ar- Armada. You're thinking Armada. Of Armada. That is Armada. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. And uh, for for a cheapo game, uh, what was that Star Trek Voyager first person shooter? Oh yeah, that was that was all based on based uh, oh, on like Unreal or something like that. No, no, no! It wasn't even Unreal. It was like it was like on it was it was basically a port of it was it was like a wrapper yeah. put on top of like. It wasn't Doom. It was. It would have had to have been like Quake or something like that. I, I mean, can't, it was built like a Quake engine. I can't remember the name of it. For some I know. Time. I remember uh, Elite right. Force. Remember. Uh, Elite Force. Elite yeah, Elite Force. That wasn't yeah. bad. That wasn't a bad. It wasn't a bad game. game. Nah, no, nah, it was. It, that was okay. I, 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 I could do that. I mean, it was Voyager, it's, but whatever. Yeah, as fun as you can have running around shooting people with a phaser. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, oh, hey, what? Here's here's a, here's a game that I know is not on anybody's top five list from Star Wars, and that's Shadows of the Empire. Um, so was, I, I, we all have fond memories of it. Oh yeah, yeah. And I, you know, obviously it's, it's, it was a a fun experience for the '64, for those of us that played it on the '64, unless you played it on the PC. But it was it was really not a good game. It started out with such great promise. Yeah, I, I don't think I've ever, for my money, that game in the Battle of Hoth is even better than Rogue Squadron's Battle of Hoth. It was really, really good. It that was, was actually well. I, I know and how many Star Wars games have done the Battle of Hoth. I mean, my God. But that one did it really, really well and then turned into a crappy game. But um, so I recently was thinking about that game and I said, you know what? What's really crazy that that game is based on a novel and I've never read the novel, but it's a great story. I thought it was a series of comic books or something. It's actually a series of novels. novels? Oh, okay. You're right. You're right. It was. So I went back and I and I and I I, I downloaded the first novel just to go see what it was like. I was like, listen, I'm going to go take a look at this and just see if this is anything I want to read. I got like two chapters. I got like two chapters in and I said, Garbage. this is really bad. I'm going to try another two chapters and see if it gets any better. <laughs> it is horrible. Yeah. And so I, and I went this like the writing style is so low. It's it's written almost like a teen novel. Oh, could Reimagining be. the events of Empire, of Empire Strikes Back, the end of Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. And it is just terrible. So I, it's like George Lucas. Steve Perry. Oh, I thought and George I Lucas wrote it. Nor deny that Steve Perry from the band Journey decided <laughs> to not sing for a while and write this novel because it sounds like somebody who's never written anything before. Well, you, you know what's funny is that um, with Disney basically completely wiping out the entire Star Wars uh, extended universe because they yeah. want to make more movies and stuff out of that time period now. Yeah. I think Shadows of the Empire, that whole th- uh, plot line, yeah. is one of the few things from the extended universe that still is kind of canon. It's not. So here, you know how I know this? Because when I went to go look it up on Amazon, because uh-huh. what I did after I started reading it, I went, I, I said, listen, I got to go see what other people are writing about, writing about this book because this sucks and I want everybody to know it. <laughs> so I, I went on, I went on Amazon and, and the book now, if you buy it in print, has a label on it that says Legends. It's part of the Legends series. Oh, interesting. Okay. So it's part of the Legends series now. Meaning. But anyways. Yeah, meaning that it Fans. is not no longer canon. It's been retconned yeah. out of yeah out of the whole Star Wars canon because of the new movies. But um, however, the narrative is not what I have a problem with in the book. It's a great narrative. It's what, what a great concept that that Darth Vader in some of his 
you know, dealings in Empire at the end of Empire Strikes Back and in Jedi is really competing in many ways for the favor of the Emperor mm-hmm. with a rival. It's interesting. And, and, and you know, this kind of tells the story from the point of view of the rival of Darth Vader trying to win the favor of the Emperor at the same time. Great concept, a lot of cool stuff, but it just abuses every cliche in the entire book. It is so ham-fisted it will make you want to cry. And you want to know the most interesting thing that I found out when I started looking for reviews? Some Somebody, I was going to say something really bad. Somebody at Polygon, <laughs> I don't know who it is, but Polygon, I think by and large, is a pretty good source for video game news. I, I like them a lot. I think they do a lot of good work. Mm-hmm. Somebody at Polygon wrote a short little entry about how, uh, called, I think it's called the Must Reads series, and he's got Shadows of the Empire on the Must Reads. And you know what that proves to me? Really? That nostalgia works just as well for novels. As oh. it does in everything else. Oh, totally. Okay. You know what? Full House, I enjoyed the crap out of watching that. It's not a good show. It's not a good show. Okay? <laughs> it's not. Like we, it's not a good show. It's terrible. It's an awful, awful, awful show. But I enjoyed watching it when I was a kid. This book, if you're 12 years old, is an awesome Star Wars book. If you are older than 12, this book is terrible. This is a book of, that is an example of how not to write after you get out of 10th grade English. All right. So how do, you, how, how, how do you really feel about it? Yeah, yeah. But it's great. Otherwise, you know. Um, All right. Are we, are we ready for uh, lightning mode yet? Or because yeah, we're like I, an I hour only 40 have in? Left here, that, that, here. Here we go. Ready? Uh, All right. Holiday Howlett asks, where do you and Rue fall on the waffles versus pancakes debate? Ooh, waffles anytime I can. Waffles anytime I can. Absolutely. Mickey Mouse waffles. Don't care. Eat them. Not a problem. You know what I still remember when we were in college? I know exactly where you're going with this. And you got you made a you had a waffle maker, and, yeah. and, and in the Mickey cafeteria. Mouse waffles. Yeah. No, no, no. It wasn't Mickey Mouse. Wasn't Mickey Mouse? Yeah, they were Mickey Mouse waffles. No. They, 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 yep. It yep. was not. It was. It had the. It was. It had the they NC. Had it had the interlocking NC. You're thinking of, of no. Disney World. No, no, no. So you, you hold on. We were in college for many years. The first <laughs> we were in like college. decades. Yes, decades. The first year we were in college, they were Mickey Mouse waffles. They were replaced by the interlocking NC. But that was not what was there when we first got there. I don't know if I believe you. Guaranteed. Anyway. I know my waffles. I'll show you waffles. Um, I'm not waffling on this point. Uh, no? you're, you're awful. You're an awful waffle. What were we talking about? Oh, uh, but anyway, so, so you make your waffle. Yeah. And you're, there's a thing right next to it. You're like... Oh, this must be whipped cream. I'm going to put giant dollops of whipped cream and smear it all over my waffle. You get back. You take a big old bite. I gained a lot of weight in college, by the way. <laughs> you take a big old bite and you're like, oh, that wasn't whipped cream. That was frosting. It's cake icing. I was like, why? What's their frost? I think obviously someone was confused, but I don't, you, I don't think you ate any more of that waffle. I, I think I had two more bites, and I said, "I can't eat this." this is literally <laughs> you t- kept t- trying to eat it. I kept, I kept trying to eat it because it was—it's like, but it was like eating a cake. You can't have a whole waffle-sized cake. No, that was a lot. More- there was a lot of frosting on that. All right, it oh, makes yeah. my teeth hurt just thinking about that. Still, anyway. <laughs> oh God. Um, okay. Um, let's see. Let me. Let, let here. Here's one. Have you played Mario Tennis Ultra Smash for Wii U yet? Any thoughts from Psychopather? Nope, I have not. 
I haven't either, but I really do want to play it because I love Mario Tennis. It's probably really good. Yeah, and I love that game. So, um, all right, let's let's do uh, let's do one more. I'll, I'll ask this one for comical effect. This will finish us off for the for the day. Okay, Lassie asks. Oh, I'm sorry. Wrong, wrong, wrong question. Sorry. Toko ninety nine asks, "What is your favorite anime or manga?" <laughs> What's your favorite anime or manga? I don't know if I've ever read a manga. I haven't either. My favorite anime might be Pokemon because that's pretty much the only one I've ever watched. Pokemon's. Mm-hmm. Um. Sailor Moon. Ah, you're such a. Does uh, does here? Let, let me ask. I, I will ask you if some of these count. Okay. Does Voltron count? Sure. Then Voltron. Okay. Fair enough. Does how about does Batman the animated series count? Because wasn't that done in like uh, Korea or something like that? <laughs> I don't think that counts. I think technically that would be anime, but I don't think it would be what this person's looking for as anime. Oh well, fine. It's in Japanese originating anime be that way i don't know yeah um oh my god people are talking about dash rendar that's how you know the show is getting stale okay (laughs) thank you so much for uh for being a part of this here sci-fi tv episode of the echo screen live the official podcast of the clan of the gray wolf um i uh you know i learned today that they really do need to remake space cases I learned, really do do that. I learned today that GOG, good old games, has Star Trek Starfleet Academy for the PC for six bucks. And Phantasmagoria is also on sale at good old games right now. I got an email about that the other day. I bet it is. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Nope. Uh, you don't? Okay. Sorry. I'm getting this. I'm getting Starfleet Academy. Anyway. Starfleet Academy. Great. I've never played the game. PC version. It's got, like, cutscenes and stuff. This is crazy. This is awesome. Yeah. You can also pick up X-Wing and TIE Fighter for I, 10 bucks. I stupidly have not picked up X-Wing. I need to do that. Yeah. <clears throat> That's my fault. I'm sorry. Really, really good. Um, there's actually a lot of great stuff at, at good old games right now. Oh, yeah. So I was looking through just the other day just to see what they had, and I was very much impressed. All right. Yeah, also, it's funny that you mentioned Full House because Fuller House is coming out on Netflix. I know. I was like, what the hell? It sounds awful. I know. Anyway. That is something I don't think that can survive. The pre-9-11, post-9-11 divide. But again, we're rehashing. You're crazy. All right. So um, we, as Rue had mentioned, we will not be having another program during this calendar year. So mm-hmm. we wish you all a happy holidays. A Merry, Merry Christmas. Merry New happy Year. A, a Merry Kwanzaa. A happy Festivus a, for the rest of us. A rigorous... Uh, <laughs> Jambalaya. <laughs> I don't know. Just jumping jambalaya hullabaloo. I'm tired. Um, yeah. You, you don't think I'm tired of the way I've been reading tonight? <laughs> um, and, uh, and and for all of you that don't have a new PC, God bless you with Windows 10 over the holidays. Um, yeah. And, uh, and, and we will see you in the new year. Yep. Uh, January 6th. So. 2000 so we will see you on the 12th day of christmas really one yeah it's the 12th day of christmas what's the first the day epiphany, 25th right one two isn't that three, what it is it's four, the feast of the epiphany i'm not catholic 
What the hell does that have to do with anything? It's the 12th day of Christmas. 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Does the first day of Christmas, is that the 25th or the 26th? On the first. I think the 5th is the epiphany. Oh, maybe I'm wrong then. Oh, you're a bad Catholic. You might as well be Mormon. What the heck does that have to do with anything? You're Mormon. The Mormon invasion in 1066. <laughs> um, I haven't been reading the book very closely. Okay, folks, we're going to do some more reading. We'll do a little more research. We'll have another great topic for you. Wait, there was a Jingle All the Way question that you ignored. How could you do that? I did ignore the Jingle All the Way question. I Should demand I, you go this? back and do the Jingle All the Way it's, question. It's, I, didn't, it's, it's not, I didn't ignore it. I just, I just happened to not necessarily... Demand. Like, a bunch of people ask a, a lot of really good second questions. Oh, okay. I thought and I it was going to be Turbo Man. On a scale of greatest holiday movie of all time to greatest movie of all time, where would you rank Jingle All the Way? <laughs> Jingle All the Way is a great guilty pleasure Christmas movie. Okay, do you want to know something? Usually when we have the marathon, yes. it's tradition. It's tradition. We Jingle All the Way the night before we start. As, as we're setting everything up, we put right. on Jingle All the Way. I don't know how this started. I don't either, but we've done it. That's what it would well, do. Well, I'm going to tell you, I had withdrawal the other day. You watched. <laughs> and I sat down and I watched Jingle all the way while I did a bunch of other things around the house. So uh, at least I fulfilled that that quotient for the year. At least that's the um, I would not, the greatest holiday, holiday movie, greatest movie of all time, on the scale of greatest holiday movie of all time to greatest movie of all time. <laughs> I don't think that works. Jingle all the way. I don't know how that I works. Would, <laughs> I, would, I, don't, I don't either. That's a... That's a scale I'm unfamiliar with. How does that fit in the zeitgeist? Um, yeah. The continuum. Actually, you know what, though? That movie did capture the zeitgeist pretty well because of the whole Power Ranger thing going on and hard to find yeah. toys. Yeah. And Tickle Me Elmo. Yeah. It Elmo was like doll. five years too late, but it definitely captured that zeitgeist. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say Jingle All the Way is a, is, a, is a really good Christmas movie. It's a really terrible movie. Oh, yeah, but it's a guilty pleasure. Now, as for good Christmas movies that I like to watch is Christmas Story, of course, but right. also uh, Scrooge is a, is a good one. I don't hear people Scrooge. talk about very often. That's a, that's a, that is a good one. Die Hard, great Christmas film. I've never seen it. Ghostbusters 2. Uh, uh, that's more of a New Year's film. Yeah, you're right. It is kind of a New Year's film. You're right. Is that the only New Year's film? No, there's also When Harry Met Sally. Yeah, that's good. That's good. It is a New Year's film. But which is better? Isn't there isn't there a New Year's film that just came out last year called like New Year's Eve? <laughs> anyway, I'm not gonna. Maybe we're not gonna talk about that. That sounds yeah. like blatant trying to cash in. It on... is it's terrible. It's like it stars Al Pacino, I think. Anyway, oh god. Um, favorite Christmas movie of all time has to be National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Well, I knew you were gonna say that. The 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 one of the greatest movies of all time, not that's, just the greatest. That's why you have a Wally World. Mugs. I do. Damn, I missed the opportunity to drink out of my Wally World. You still have the chance. Christmas isn't over. Oh, I know, but I was going to do it for the people. Oh, damn it. Yeah. Okay. But I did bring it out to... for January for the for the thirteenth day of Christmas. The Muppets Christmas Carol. Oh, that's an excellent one. It's not just excellent; it's fantastic. And and they don't really play it because they play a lot of the other Muppets stuff. But Muppets Christmas Carol is fantastic. I caught that one on TV. About two weeks ago, saw the end of it. Not gonna lie, shed a tear. Hmm. Single tear. Also, Michael Caine's great in it. Michael Caine is the man. Did didn't He's I try man. to show you love actually once and you rejected it? 
Yeah, I, I made up for that. So, you know, again, I had to watch some of that the other night, too. Uh-huh. With your wife. With my, my wife. She, my <laughs> wife, she loved the love, actually. <laughs> she liked the Hugh Grant. Yeah. I, she, I don't know why I became she, Italian. She, she, liked, she liked the Christmas story. Um, no, we're, we're, it's, like, it's like, yeah, I know. We went from Borat to, like, uh, Mario, Super Mario. Yeah. Ah, Mamma Mia, my Mama wife. Mia, I love it. I love my wife, but she loves the Christmas story. That's why we. Yeah, that's what happens when we've gone almost two hours. So yeah, this is terrible. We we need to get going. <laughs> okay, folks. Uh, well, anyway, so we hope you haven't uh, minded too much our our meandering this evening and our our inability to speak or otherwise coherently form thoughts. <laughs> Mostly yours. Uh, mostly mine, and uh, we we appreciate you hanging with us. And hey, listen, we had any technical glitches this time, so maybe next time we'll actually start on time and end on time. Wishful thinking, magic, hashtag wishful thinking. All right, folks, listen, have yourself a, a merry little Christmas, Christmas. and uh, <laughs> and we will see you on the other side in, in the year in the calendar year of our Lord two thousand and sixteen. Until then, for Rue, I am the Commodore. And this is the Echo Screen Live, the official podcast of the Clan of the Gray Wolf. There is still no reset button. That's what they say in the Jetta commercials. What? Completely plastic. That's right. You can have right now the new 8-bit do NES 30 anniversary controller featuring realistic rubberized start and select buttons. Also, red plastic buttons, just like you'd find on the Nintendo, but awkwardly placed in the shape of a Super Nintendo. Hey, hey. A log sticks to boot. What? How you much want one? How, how, how many you want? How much are we getting paid for this plug? Do you, do you, do you want one? Anything? Do, do, no. you, do you want it? Now it just, Do you want the controller? Now I feel that you're being date rapey like Edgar from Final Fantasy VI. You want it.